If we really look at what we do in our life, what we do is in perfect alignment with what we believe to be true. So if we consistently take certain actions that doesn't move us clearly in that direction, let's look at what do we believe to be true such that our actions is telling us that that's what you assume to be true, what you believe to be true. And if your belief is being a question tested challenge, then then it, it creates breakdown. Like people freak out, like people get angry, people get violent, people get, you know, uh, offended. It's not what you did, but really the belief that's behind the action. So the willingness to even, and also challenging our personal belief system is, it's massive. You're listening to the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to up-level your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you a new segment that I'm doing here for the Sovereign Society podcast, where before a new season, as in summer, spring, fall, winter, I'm going to be bringing in an astrologer, one of my favorite astrologers, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming season. So while I'm at Bali and experiencing my first fall equinox in what I would normally experience in spring in March, this is going to be such a trip, but I'm really excited to be in this new energy and to see what that feels like being in a, a during in a place of a, of an equinox or a solstice, um, in a hemisphere I've never been. So this is going to be pretty awesome, but I'm really excited because I have with me a dear friend of mine um, and Mimi Trong and I, we met uh, through a soul sister. You may have remembered uh, Nixie Marie from the I Am Goddess Collective podcast. And uh, Mimi and I, we were part of her... um, we were part of her 100th episode. We were on her panel together and it was really awesome because we instantly like connected and I just, I love this woman. So she was a trained lawyer and she turned into this beautiful leadership coach and astrologer. But what I love about that is that she can understand uh, politically what's going on and by law. And you know me, I've been so fascinated by politics lately because I want to implement real change. And 
it was really cool because we talked a lot about that in this episode. But Mimi, she really combines empowering um, astrology with a strategic coaching expertise to really help people find that alignment, mind, body, soul, so that they can go forth and really reach their full potential. And so she offers a lot of one-on-one coaching, astrological readings and group workshops. And she's really here to help people, you know, find their true authentic expression so that they can really go forth and share their gifts with the world. And so I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation because we're talking about the equinox that's coming up, depending on where you are. It's going to be on the 20th um, of March. So depending on your time zone and, um, you know, it's just a really cool thing to understand on what massive transits are coming through. So, uh, before we went in there, we talked a lot about Mimi's journey about embracing astrology and it's really awesome to, to hear how, uh, she found astrology. It's such a cute story. Uh, we talked about understanding the universality of language because to me, I think astrology, and I really believe that astrology is the language of the future. And we talked a lot about why Mercury retrograde is your BFF. So stop allowing these uh, transits to dictate your well-being. Work with them, right? So uh, understanding the astrological season, we talked a lot about Saturn is transitioning into Aquarius, which is going to be huge. Um, we've been in Capricorn for the past couple years, and this is a massive, massive shift. So really be aware. And that's just a little sneak peek about what we talked about. Um, but this, so there's also going to be a, a Saturn retrograde during this time. So we just really want you to understand so that you can plan accordingly and you can navigate through uh, these transits with such ease and grace. And so we also talked about how we can really start to navigate and cultivate social change uh, through understanding astrology, which was pretty awesome. We talked about Uranus and Taurus. And we talked a lot about the nodes because that's something in astrology a lot of people don't talk about. We know a lot about like, oh, the sun, the moon or the rising sign. But I really was I was really fascinated to hear what she had to say around the nodes. And it's really important for us to just really work with these tools again to navigate through this season so that we can really go forth and unleash your medicine. So make sure you take a screenshot and tag me at Sabrina Riccio and tag Mimi at Exalted, I-G-Z-O-L-T-E-D. And also tag the Sovereign Society podcast so we know what's up. But all in all, I'm so excited to be guiding you and to be helping you through this space and to have Mimi's medicine here to be shared with you so that you can go out there and unleash your medicine with the world. So let's dive into a new astrological season with all the great juju so you can go forth and really slay out there. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to an episode of the Sovereign Society podcast I've been patient about. And I've been saying that a lot lately, but Mimi and I met like over a year ago. Yep. Yeah, through our soul sister, Nixie. You may have remembered Nixie from a couple episodes ago. And uh, we were both on her panel for her 100th episode. So shout out to the Queen Nixie Marie of the I Am Goddess Collective podcast. We're all about collaboration and bringing that juju out there. So it's been really fun to see the evolution of our brands and our medicine since then. And uh, I'm super pumped to to bring Mimi on because what I'm starting to do now is going to have a series before each season to talk about the big things to be aware of so that we can go forth and really 
be aware, have that awareness and to not have what the cosmos are, where they're at to be like, oh my God, but more like, yes, like, let me see what's coming and let me reclaim my sovereignty and step into that with a knowing rather than feeling like a victim to certain transits or certain seasons. Um, This is just a really big opportunity for you all to embrace this time and to use this knowledge to plan accordingly. So I appreciate you, Mimi, for being here and for sharing your truth and your wisdom. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited and love, love your, your energy. So I'm sure together we'll deliver some beautiful magic for your audience. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So first, before we dive in, I want, I want you to talk about what drove you into your passion for astrology and how you are seeing astrology be this tool that's really going to help business people and just the everyday folks to really navigate through this space. Sure. Well, I think um, like a lot of people say, it's I didn't go find it. It, it found me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nine when it found me wow. because um, my dad took me to our local library and they were getting rid of a lot of old books. And my dad goes, oh, you know, there are a few pennies and just pick up whatever books you want and we'll just take it home. And of all the boxes, I picked up two books. One was a book on the astronomy of the moon. And then the other book were about the 12 Zodiac signs. (laughs) And then um, I went home and I just read those books. They were probably way beyond me, but the astrology part really landed for me because when I read it, I felt like I could understand people Mm. very easily. Hey, there's only 12 personalities, you know, at nine years old, it's, we have such a simple mind. We don't overcomplicate things. Right. I'm like, wow, I can just understand all my friends with these 12 Zodiac signs. And that's kind of where that took off for me is that, you know, we were immigrants. Um, and I, my parents didn't have the money to send me off to summer camp, like some of my friends stayed um at home during the summer so going to the library was my little refuge that was my summer camp so Mm. I would just spend the whole summer reading about astrology books and I think I went and I, I checked out all of those zodiac books and learning about the sun signs and then at some point I started buying books and learning about a little bit more advanced like intermediate astrology But at that point, my brain was way too fresh to even comprehend it. So I stopped, you know, I just did my own kid thing. And then every time I would run into crisis moments in my life, I would always find myself back to astrology. And what I've discovered is that astrology was for me a framework to understand myself. And, you know, fast forward into adulthood. Hood. Um, I, you know, I went through college, I went to law school, I worked a corporate job, and never was I ever thinking to be doing this professionally. But at some point, I realized if I consistently went back to astrology as the tool to understand myself, then there's value for me to offer it to other people. So that's kind of how it all shifted for me and the value that I received, I felt it would be probably selfish for me to keep it. So, you know, transitioning it and sharing it with other people was 
my way of doing my work, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. I honestly, I tell everyone, I feel like astrology is the language of the future because the more that we really understand this, it's a universal language. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what your, uh, what accents or what language per se is, it's the language of the cosmos to me. Um, so to really be able to, to work with the energy and to, like I said, to be able to be aware of it, I, I teach this a lot in my business programs on how to content plan, how to create. And I firmly believe that the more we can start to understand how these energies affect us or the influence that they have we can then step into our power more yeah absolutely and speaking of language I actually learned because I grew up in Montreal so I learned astrology um in French first amazing and, and I had to learn it in English and it is you know universal because you can go anywhere around the world and people a lot of people would have an understanding of you know, the Zodiac sign, you know, whatever level of, um, knowledge they may have and astrology is symbolic by nature. So it really speaks to our archetype, our own human psyche to understand different parts of ourselves. And in some ways that's what connects us as a collective, because we all share these different parts of our archetypes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, people are seeing more of that, you know, and there's a little more curiosity, like as we record this, we're in Mercury retrograde. And uh, I think the biggest thing that we really need to embrace that it's not a bad thing, if anything, and I'm very Mercurian. So I actually love this time of year, years, times of year, I should say three times a year, uh, because it's an opportunity for me to really reflect in all the re's and reassess, reevaluate and really realign. And I think it's been kind of the problem in so much of like the media of people who don't understand it, or there's more fear mongering around Mercury retrograde. I think the biggest thing we have to really embrace is that it's an opportunity for us to bring more awareness and discernment. And I think that's a, a huge gift of Mercury retrograde. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from a business standpoint, not just life, but but obviously all of it um, is an opportunity to, you know, because sometimes we move fast because mm -hmm. that's what the society, like the demands are at work and without be, be able to stop and slow down. I mean, it's going to be a train wreck. Totally. And I think that's so much of the American culture and that's where we have to be able to come back and reevaluate from that space because is it actually supporting? Is it actually, uh, you know, the way it should be, or is this part of the conditioning, um, we've had to really navigate through. And I think that's it. You're right. It's the ability to observe and ask the questions and in asking powerful questions is how we can live consciously, mindfully. And a lot of people wonder, well, what's the magic formula of living consciously? And part of it is be able to stop and ask the question and not pretend that we just know it all and have all the answers at all times because we don't, we learn as we go. 
And I think that's another part that we have to really embrace is that we are so hard on ourselves of like, and I think that's a lot of the, um, the times we're in because we see social media and there's so much of that comparison paralysis. And I think the more we infuse more of that patience, that's, I think that's what a lot of astrology can also share is like, we're so go, go, go. We're such an instant gratification society now Mm -hmm. that we need to make sure that everything has its phases, just like the moon. And we need to remember that as we navigate through this time and space. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to um, dive in. Let's dive in and talk about some of the big, big things to be aware of um, coming into this spring autumn equinox. It's going to be pretty cool because I'm going to be in Bali during, you know, here in this time and (laughs) So to experience fall when a time I would normally experience spring is going to be pretty interesting for me. Oh, so it's actually uh, fall uh, out in Bali for you. Uh Uh-huh. Whoa. Okay. Um, yeah. I, have you ever been down there? I've been to Bali before. Yeah. But not, not during, (laughs) I have like, I've been there in the summer, you know, when it was a summer, um, in the, in the Northern hemisphere and winter, but I haven't been there during an equinox. Like I'm going to be. Okay. Well, it's definitely a a time of transition, right? We're Mm -hmm. coming out of winter and, uh, springtime is, you know, like we think Easter time, like little, like tulips and everything burgeoning and growing and coming out of the soil. And to some extent, we will have a little bit of that energy, astrologically speaking, mostly from all of that, still that Capricorn, Saturnian um, Mm -hmm. energy. But during the springtime, we're going to actually have Saturn moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. Massive. So that's pretty massive for springtime. Um, And when we think about Capricorn, I mean, everyone, I'm pretty sure it's very rare that I would be speaking to anyone that would not have said something about, oh my gosh, things have been intense and either hard or whatever it is, because we've had such a huge stellium and cluster of planets in Capricorn up until now that it's like that compression. Mm -hmm. It's that, that like pressure, that Saturnian like structure walls coming, collapsing down on us over and over. And then at some point, I think it's March 21st, 22nd, when literally right after the spring equinox is when Saturn shifts right into an air sign Aquarius. Well, it's also good to notice because I was aware too that there can't, there's a retrogrades where it's going to be going back and forth too between um, Aquarius and Capricorn. Yes. So it's definitely going to be a turning point around spring. You, You know, not only is the sun, that's when the sun enters Aries. So there's this, moving away from the Pisces energy, which we're 
feeling it right now with Mercury retrograding in Pisces. So there's a lot of this emotional depth of going inward. We're still in that darkness period of winter. And as soon as slowly the sun moves into Aries and then right around the corner is Saturn coming out of Capricorn and moving into Aquarius, things are lightening things up a little bit, but it's, it's, how would I say, what would be an analogy? I don't know. It's because when Saturn is at 29 degrees of Capricorn, right before spring equinox, it is tight. Like it's, it's the, it's a critical degree. Every time we have a, either a zero degree or a 29 degrees, those energies are about to like, they're screaming at you, like, pay attention to me. Here mm-hmm. are your, here's an opportunity for you to, you know, finish up something, whatever that is, whether it is something that requires your full attention to be responsible, to be accountable, to be um, disciplined to be, um, you know, structured, like that is that last degree before Saturn comes out. And also like timing, timing is so everything for Saturn, especially in Capricorn. So it's not about over analyzing things, but really get clear on, okay, these are the things that I've been committed to. Like I know for you, you're working on a big project that you're so committed to. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're going and just putting your head down and this is it. Mm-hmm. So that's really what that, th- those days, those critical days of Saturn in Capricorn, Capricorn is asking us to do so mm-hmm. don't avoid it the invitation is of course you can avoid it and resist it because Saturn can also be resistance uh, but just just notice when we resist what exactly persists for us that's causing so much hardship and I'm using all these words because these words are deeply connected to Saturn and Capricorn. And then the moment that Saturn enters Aquarius, there is a newness. So there's that valve that gets released and Aquarius moves away from, it moves into the mass, the public, the group, the community, the tribe, the friendships, Mm -hmm. the people. So Aquarius. It's very Aquarius energy, right? So now like the demand and the focus is slowly shifting away from the Capricorn energy that tends to be about the individual um, goal, the individual accomplishment, nothing wrong with that, but there's a a complete shift of focus. So perhaps, you know, your project that you're working on is it's your Mm, it's it's your work but there is a purpose that's greater than yourself right Mm -hmm. so there is something that you are creating working on that has an effect and impact that is not just for you alone but for a much much larger community global you know um impact 
Well, I definitely think that's so much of the energy that's going on mm-hmm. collectively right now that we're really seeing is like, there's no more time for playing small. Where can we check our ego? Mm-hmm. And where can we understand the for choosing, especially if we're choosing to be an entrepreneur, that there is integrity behind what we're doing and that there's a deeper meaning and purpose than just making a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of the um, Aquarius energy is very much social activism, social movements, social mm-hmm. change. The rebellion. Are, yeah, it is all of that now. It is in a, it, it's Saturn, right? Even though it's Aquarius, it's, it wants to break free from the tradition. Mm-hmm. However, it is still in a planet. It's, it's um, being expressed through a planet that is very traditional. So what this means is that there is a restructure. It's not just full on anarchy, it is a very intentional uh, movement that is going somewhere, not just, hey, let's create, let's drop a coup and then just go wild. Right. It's not a riot. It's I, I call it the sacred disruptors. You know, it's, it's, there's a disruption that's happening that, that is sacred. Like there's actually intention and those are the people that I choose to support and help guide are those sacred disruptors because we still have to make sure the intention is pure mm-hmm. and the intention is for evolution and an evolution right. that's actually in alignment with truth and love. Yes. So, you know, thank God that Neptune is still in Pisces <laughs> in some ways, right? Like it, it still is supporting that, that compassion or like that healing. There's still pain, but then if we're very connected to that oneness and the ability to heal the collectively, then we can take action and create a movement that works together with all these outer planets. Um, it becomes dangerous when we activate these energies if it was more like violent or disruptive in, in a very um, like in a negative way. So yes, it's, it's like the hurt people hurt people. If you're doing it out of like revenge or like resentment, these like denser energies, there's, there's definitely going, I feel that the repercussions of it. And that's yeah. the invitation for us to do, like with a Mercury retrograde, perfect time for us to recognize that, do that deep internal work and sure. start to rewrite those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so Saturn is moving into Aquarius um March 21st, 22nd, depending on what part of the world you are. And it does move back to Capricorn. I believe in, what did I write it? During the retrograde because it's going back. So even before the dates, I want to just, I want to dive deeper into that because Mm -hmm. what, like, you know, it's going back and forth. Like, what are you seeing with that of like, uh, retrograde norm, like I can often be seen inside the same sign, but the fact that this retrograde is going back and forth in the summer, uh, between, um, between uh, Aquarius and Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
so it goes retrograde. Saturn goes retrograde on May 10th around like Mother's Day. Um, it's still going to be in Aquarius, but it moves into Capricorn on July 1st, just before 4th of July. So it's, you know, it's almost like, okay, we have a little bit of, um, we get a taste, we dip our feet in, be able to see how collectively as a group, can we connect with social change or movement try it out, whatever it is that you're up to, you know, create in the world, then the retrograde allows us to, again, slow down the pace because it could culminate to too many, too many chefs in the kitchen. And then it will come a time where we're going to be like, okay, whoa, 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 let's slow down. There's too many ideas. And that's the thing with Aquarius is that everyone, if, if people are passionate about um, a cause or, you know, some sort of activism or change that they're all wanting to be contributing, then the, it, the noise gets louder. And then even though everyone might want, quote unquote, equality and everyone getting along, the way that we go about it will be different based on, you know, different people. So we're still individuals, but sometimes it's not just one voice. It's not the same as Pisces. Pisces tend to be, okay, let's all agree on moving in towards one common voice. Aquarius, not so much. It's more about, okay, we all agree that we, we need social change, but then you might have a different way of approaching it. I would have a different way of approaching it. So it comes a point where Saturn retrogrades allows us to just take a break and be able to, um, uh, either recapture what are all the different ideas and then just have an opportunity to step back, right? Mm -hmm. Aquarius is about detachment, ability to be objective. And so, because Aquarius has a bad rep of being like cold-hearted and not, and being super detached, but at the same time, once they're super passionate about a cause, like there's no stopping them, right? So there's that, like, it's like that anarchist, like, oh, I'm going to do whatever it's going to take to, like, destroy and change the status quo. Well, you know, there are certain limitations and boundaries and laws and hum- humanitarian, like, concepts to uphold. So during that retrograde, it moves back into Capricorn. So it's kind of like revisiting Capricorn helps is the establishment of some rules, so it's like the, the, um, it's like the father figure. It's like the father says, you know, I'm imp- imposing, you live under my roof. So these are my rules and live by them. Right. So it's kind of revisiting what maybe, how can we, it's like, I heard someone say, how can we, um, think outside the box, but within my circle. Mm. So yes, you can think you know, to create a social change and have all these amazing ideas. But if it's within the circle, within certain boundaries of the law, not that we're breaking the law, we can try to advocate for policy change, of course, but under the constitution, right? For example, Mm -hmm. 
So, so it's not to violate the constitution. It is still working within the constitution. But yeah, so that's I love, kind of- I love that you have the law background with this too, to bring it <laughs> in a way. Cause I think um, I, what I'm hearing too, like around this time of the Saturn retrograde will be a big point when a lot of the primary season is done. Mm-hmm. So- and I love the fact that it's an electional year. I mean, I don't think that none of this is um, random. So yeah, totally. I'm just excited. <laughs> yeah, 2020 with this 2020 crystal vision during a time where there's like um, mm-hmm. new, fresh energy coming through and like mm-hmm. people who were never really part of the political process are now being aware mm-hmm. like, oh, because I haven't been involved. Like this is why it's part of like the clusterfuck of what's been going down. Yep. So, I mean, that's why I've been stepping in more to speak up on it because I see like the inner, I had a download today. While the inner creates the outer, the outer can influence the inner. Yep, absolutely. And so with the outer influencing the inner, if we as a collective on the outside come together and be part of the revolution, the inner circle cannot ignore that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important for us to come together. And like the fact that Saturn's going to be in Aquarius during the election, I think is incredible. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but it's it's good to know this 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 awareness or to have this education uh to not lose faith. And with that yeah. and- to take action. We have to take action mm-hmm. and and if you have that awareness, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, and be inspired, right? Um, and sometimes we we might not be um, naturally part of this dialogue, but because there's so much buzz around, it's great that we can be actively involved and participating and bringing other people along. And that's a very Aquarius energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I just think like, you know, Saturn's so much of that teacher. And I think us stepping up and us doing the work, we're teaching even the next generation on the importance of involvement and being involved. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I always like to think that like we're the generation, a lot of us had had that stellium in like the, and I had, a, I have a Capricorn stellium. So mm-hmm. even having that um, Neptune Uranus conjunction, that period of people, we're the, we're the generation that is the, like a gatekeeper mm-hmm. and a bridge between one millennia and another. So we're the last to really remember what the Piscean age was. And then we are the ones setting precedent for the Aquarian age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are awesome. I mean, just look at all the, the work that it's, you guys use your voice very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, I own that. I step into that. I respect that. And, uh, I also see that, that it's like a non-negotiable, um, because the thing that we have to remember is that if we have, we have a responsibility in this, like a collective right now. And I, I, I see how the stars are aligned to help us take action right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. 
And when you're talking back and forth about um, the Saturn retrograde and how, you know, we have to still like honor there's boundaries. We still have to honor these boundaries, but do it with this strategy that is pure and uh, focused and centered on love. And Mm -hmm. like I said, an evolution, I think that is a big thing we all really need to understand right now. Yeah. And, um, Aquarius energy and also Uranus. Well, uh, so when Saturn is an Aquarius, the ruling planet of Aquarius is Uranus. And so looking at what Uranus is doing will also inform us of that Saturn. The Saturn activity is very influenced by the Uranus energy. Mm -hmm. So Uranus is in Taurus which is all about our values. What is our, what is our value system? So shifting and, you know, Taurus is all about um, the material world, not necessarily just like in luxury, it could very well be, but because it's Uranus and Taurus, it's like the breaking away from the traditional material goods. It yeah. is now shifting a lot into the alternative way of generating income, making money, and what do we spend our money on? Mm-hmm. It's very different. So there's a lot on around the upcycling, the uh, recycling, the um, buying things for good for social change, right? So there is that movement already. Um, it's mother nature connecting back to buying things that is good for mother nature. So there's all of this change that's happening economically in our country and also globally. And yeah, think of Bitcoin, think of these alternative, um, these alternative forms of, of what we're talking about. Cause I think it's just a massive evolution of consumerism that's really happening right now. Completely. And it's, it's a reflection of what is actually important to us. Mm-hmm. And the way that we consume and the way that companies market their products speaks to this new generation. Of course, they're still mm-hmm. like the old generation too, but you know, the way that we do ride share, the way that we do a lot of things that are definitely more communal. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think I, I'm a firm believer that the future of business success is, has to be, there's a no, it's a non-negotiable The it has to have a philanthropic mm-hmm, um, ethos to it. Yeah. Uh, because if not, then it's a lot of greed. <laughs> And what are you actually doing to give back to the bigger picture? What are you actually doing to help be part of this evolutionary shift for humanity more than just your pocketbook? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also big, speaking of big businesses or businesses in general, um, during starting in, starting when? Starting, well, there's three major conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto. So the first conjunction is actually happening April 4th of Jupiter and Pluto conjuncting each other in cap. And that's a lot about big businesses, right? Because Capricorn is all about businesses, but then Jupiter always magnifies 
And then Pluto, it's either it's power, it's transformation, it's shadow work. So because and it, they're both in Capricorn, it's a lot of like the big businesses will be either scrutinized or, you know, <laughs> and, and, and also at the same time, I, I also come to learn and really acknowledge and recognize that if we do want big change to happen, we do still need money. So I really see the bridging between the small business, small and medium-sized businesses working with big, large businesses because they're the one who have a lot of the money and the resources to help smaller businesses grow in a way that really can benefit people at large. So it's not about crushing the big businesses, but allowing the big businesses to also help the smaller businesses to rise and to be able to compete in a healthy economy. Um, and, and, you know, and also support the big businesses to continue having and implementing sustainable business practices and also, you know, be a big contributor for conscious, you know, consciousness, conscious consumerism and education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, well, I believe in capitalism. I just believe in conscious capitalism. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the evolution is happening. Like you're seeing more and more big companies that are like buying like ideas or startups, but there has to still be that conscious component inside the conscious capitalism. Because like you said, like we need money to pay for things. Like that's why I'm still pro capitalism, but in Mm -hmm. a way that's conscious um, so that we can, we have like big shit to do here. And we, like you said, we need money. Um, So to be able to have this conscious capitalism is to think again, create, ethos and principles around the evolution while honoring money. And, you know, if you're giving, if you're donating like a, a, like a, to nonprofits or the support of nonprofits, um, I'm for it, you know, as long as the intention is not to be more greedy, but the intention is to actually be of service. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part of the um, Uranus and Taurus kind of thing that we're also recognizing is, and people are waking up more and more. So we have a lot of power with our money and how we choose to spend it. Yeah, yeah, and um, with this Uranus and Taurus that's going to continue for another six years is, you know, a huge growth in the um, green energy the all of mm-hmm. that green new um, deal i see the green new deal really taking off yeah for and sure for jobs for the evolution of this planet yeah. um and we need to bring more of that awareness and um really speak up on these issues i think companies that are supporting um a lot more of like ethical packaging mm-hmm. or um, things like that. I think that's, those are non-negotiables that I think this Saturn retrograde is also going to help us really see if we're restructuring uh, this sense with our business. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a huge part of it is like more and more people are craving um, more ethical practices uh, throughout from like purchasing to delivery. Yep. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, it's so funny because I know I'm just kind of shifting topics, but because I live in a condo and there's only 22 units, it's a smaller building. Um, I've noticed, and I've lived here for 11 years and I've noticed how much, you know, I love Amazon, but then Amazon is like the big, like this big business now is that everyone in my building is all on Amazon prime. And I can tell because our, our recycling bins are constantly, yeah, filled with boxes. And it's just like, over the top. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. we are definitely consuming a lot. Like we're buying mm-hmm. everything. Everyone is buying everything off of Amazon because of all the right. boxes. And, um, so they well, now you can reach that. out to them and you can, and, and to say like to minimize packaging too. Yeah. So I know there's, there's, I've seen that go around on Facebook lately and I did it myself to like minimize the amount of plastic, mm-hmm. but I just pray that someone like, you know, that they would be smart enough. And my friend, one of my friends works at Amazon. So I want to be like, Hey, we need to sit down, sit and have a talk. But, um, like, imagine if you had like a drop-off center where we can recycle these boxes. Yeah. I, I also buy, um, imperfect produce, Mm-hmm. And I love them. And but now they have a uh, where you can just fold the boxes, and when they pick up, they'll pick up the old one. Wow. See, yeah, yeah those are the types of businesses I think people need to start supporting because like I said, the outer can influence the inner. So mm-hmm. if more and more people on the outer are are actively doing this, because they've already done it within their own lives. Mm-hmm that that's where these companies is going to become a non-negotiable. Like you're seeing more people create like refillable products, things like that. So I think this is just part of the baby steps, but it's still like, oh God, when are we going to get our shit together? (laughs) I I know. So that's why we need leaders out there to be willing and have the courage to try something out. And, and entrepreneurship is definitely growing um, again, th- this is just um, an indicator, reflection of the type of like freedom and the, knowing that we have the power to create whatever we want mm-hmm. for the betterment of our society or of our lives. And yeah, entrepreneurs. Do you feel like that's part of the Aquarian age energy as well in terms of like rebelling against like the patriarchal system that was once the, you know, the Piscean age way of being? Yeah, for sure. I think, I don't, I don't think that companies are gone and gone and big governments are not gone. I mean, if anything, I feel like more and more, more businesses are, have their hands much deeper in government work. Um, that's kind of also interesting to see the, um, the evolution of seeing business people running and being in the government. I don't mm-hmm. know how I feel, but I mean, I haven't thought it through yet. I, there's a part of me that really appreciated, but then there's also a part of me that goes, well, that's not government. That becomes a business. Like now mm-hmm. suddenly the country's going to be a business. Not Yeah. Where's country. democracy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part, mm, gotta still think through that part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I think it's been a huge part of the topic since like Mike Bloomberg has bought his way yep. into this election without even being on a ballot yet. And big well, companies like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and I think I think a huge part that's a huge part of why Trump needed to become the president was to bring that awareness of like this shit mm-hmm. is not the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like we've just like there was everyone was asleep, and then this mm-hmm. happened, and that was yep. the wake up call. Yep. 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 And, and I think that was part of that Saturn Capricorn energy too. Yep. Absolutely. Like, and also the um, the Cancer Capricorn lunar nodes, all of this energy is all conducive to traditions. It's about looking at what do we need to feel safe and secure and what do we need, what type, type of structures do we actually really need or what was lacking. So be able to see that contrast is very much, you know, in the nodes as well. Um, Because, you know, the United States is a cancer country. Like it's a, it's ruled by cancer, right? So it's a very cancerian um, country. So when the nodes went into cancer Capricorn, all of, a lot of that stuff, a lot of in the, inside the home is changing, and another thing spring-wise that's going to shift is May 4th is when the nodes, the north node is moving out of Capri- uh, out of Cancer and into Gemini. Mm. So all of this family dynamic and, you know, like this energy of home, mom, dad, whatever, home, family, business out in the world definitely shifting to Gemini Sagittarius energy. So a little bit of a lighten things up. Things are definitely lighten it, lighten up. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Cause I just feel like the past couple years have been, I feel like it really had like really, really kicked off with um, the uh, eclipse of 2017. There was a lot of infiltration and a lot of, um, yeah, it was just a lot of really mucky energy where a lot of people were stuck in old timelines and really trapped energetically. Um, I've seen that. I've talked about it with a lot of my friends. And um, there's just been a huge wake-up call for us to actually, like we had to go through a lot of that muckiness and that gunk. I saw it as an opportunity for us to reclaim our sovereignty. Like we went through that for us to reclaim our power because those stories have been ruling subconsciously, uh, genetically, ancestrally for so long. And, and like, I fully believe that we're the dark night of the soul generation, that the millenniums, the millennial, because we're the ones, a lot of us were immigrants or children of immigrants. Like there's a lot of us that, We're still really working through a lot of these um, stories and conditionings and uh, beliefs, you know, and what's actually our truth or what when Mm -hmm. you're talking about that tradition. Yeah. Well, that during that time, 2017, Saturn was in uh, Sagittarius and that was when it started dabbling into Capricorn. Mm. So you're right about what do we believe to be true, because that's a very Sagittarius concept. Mm-hmm. And then, then it gets anchored into family and work dynamic with Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And then we go, we went even deeper mm-hmm. into ancestral lineage and ancestral um, traumas mm-hmm. with 
with the Capricorn Cancer polarity. So a lot so of my cancer was so cancer was the north node or was it the yes, south, uh-huh. north node? And that's why with the all of the Capricorn energy with the south node in Capricorn, that's why it's so heavy. Mm-hmm. It would have been different if the north node was Capricorn, right? Right. It would be a lot more uplifting, and then there would be more. So explain with them what the difference is between the nodes, because a lot of people don't understand the nodes as much as they do like the sun, moon or rising. So the lunar nodes are composed of the north node and the south node. So uh, in Indian Vedic astrology, they call it, you know, the head of the dragon and the tail of the dragon. So the head is obviously the north node. South node is the tail. Um, And the north node. So the nodes are. So the word nodes means an intersection. So it's not a body. uh, It's not a planetary body. It's the eclipse, the elliptical elliptical, um, intersection of the the moon trajectory, like orbit with the, I think the Earth's orbit around the sun, something like that. I can never get it right, but it's a intersection of two planetary, you know, orbits. And, and it's the, the mostly it's like the, the moon orbit around the sun, uh, around the earth. So the nose, the south node brings in uh, past life energy, old energy. North node is like the North star. And mm-hmm. it's an invitation for us to move away from old energy and move towards new energy. So north node, so the nodes move opposite, like they're balanced. It's the, it's yeah. It's the polarity. Yeah. They're always 180 degrees uh, from each other, but when, but they move, uh, they move the opposite direction than the astrological signs. So that's why we go from cancer to Gemini. So it goes backward. And then after Gemini goes, to Taurus after Taurus which is kind of like the like the ages because we went from Pisces to Aquarius yes Mm -hmm. so now um so we're moving away from cancer right like north node in cancer was an invitation for us to start feeling into what it is that we need to feel safe how do we connect to our emotions to experience um, truly vulnerability instead of fear. Typically, like a cap- Capricorn energy, if it's maladaptive, it can be very highly pessimistic. Mm. So it's about moving away from skepticism and pessimism and the invitation of deep connection so that when we connect, we can start understanding each other and be able to f- let our guards down because cancer is that crab that hides in the shell if it doesn't feel that they're in a familiar environment so the north node in cancer has been especially for anyone who is a cancer that has a cancer moon cancer rising or that has even a north node in cancer these are people around the age of 36 37 38 
ish, depending on, you know, the degree of your North node, but if everybody's born with a North node, so your North node in your natal chart, it, it kind of speaks into how do you get to operate from so that you can experience your soul um, feeling fulfilled and growing from that place as opposed to operating from your south node. It's not about abandoning your south node. It's about understanding what are the things that you came into this lifetime having experienced already and to take that and bring it along with you so that you can activate your north node and live and operate from that north node it's not easy that's why there's a lot of people that rather sit in the comfort of their north, their south node. And I, I call the south node our, um, our um, couch potato behavior pattern because it's just mm. easy, been there, done that. It's just very comfortable. But to actually get out of your couch and then see the other side of the north node and live in that place it's also it's also extremely uh, uh, it's extremely uncomfortable because it's new it's like mm. how do you even do that so you imagine someone that has a south node in capricorn that's constantly about business hey what's the what's the goal how do i do this like it's everything is task oriented goal oriented achievement oriented okay i want to get this degree i want to get this certification i want to get this promotion all the time at some point it's gonna hit you're gonna hit a wall and you're gonna want to start exploring wait a minute it's not about the achievement it's about like how i'm connecting with my coworkers, with the people in my life with my family that how do we shift into be able to uh, to be willing to be wounded, to be able to be seen and heard and felt. So I think that woundedness that we experience too, uh, it, it, it cultivates compassion, yes. which I think is so what so much of these times are really calling for is how can we be more compassionate? So there's no accident why we've endured what we have. And through that, this is how we can start to infuse more peace yeah. because there's a better understanding of one another. Yeah. So that's really what we've been through, right? For And the lunar node stays with us for about 18 months, roughly a year and a half to two years. So, you know, we're about to move out of that um, and into more Gemini energy, more about talking it out, like communicating, exchanging. There's a, a different dynamic. And, but the the pain is moving away from the South Node and Sag. South Node and Sag is all about, oh, I already know it. Like I've, I, I can judge, I can sit out on the top of a mountain and judge everybody else and say, oh, that's right. That's wrong. That's not good. That's right. That's good. That's bad. And it's not about, that is not the dialogue that will create advancement and evolution and growth because it just gets us stuck in the mud of, yeah, it's my, not my problem. It's your problem. And mm. me arguing with you because I know I'm right, but rather go, wait a minute, this is your view. I don't necessarily agree with it, but let me ask and learn more. 
Mm-hmm. Why I think when opportunities that? like that come mm-hmm. to, it's a really, really good time to look at your subconscious mind mm-hmm. and to see if like that um, difference of opinion, mm-hmm. if it's triggering you or like you're feeling rejected or unworthy or all these really deep core wounds. Mm-hmm those are opportunities for these to be addressed and healed. And I think that's the other thing we have to start seeing as we become more aware of like, well, this is triggering something. Where did I first have this, this pain? And I think that's a lot of what we've been feeling during these times. It's like really taking radical responsibility for our emotions. Like you said, with the cancer, with the North node and to see like how our emotions have been really ruling the show and running the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's learning what our emotions are, where they're coming from, and the uh, results that it creates when we operate from that emotional state. Like, it's not the emotion that's bad. It's the emotion that's causing something that is not what you want in your life. You know? Definitely. so um, I don't want, I definitely, and I totally encourage people to be in their emotions as long as they're aware of what triggered that emotion and to be willing to look at the, that emotion and mm-hmm. how that impacts your relationships and mm-hmm. what you create in your world, in your life. Right. Cause that subconscious, that's an, it's a, oftentimes from childhood. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, like a Mercury retrograde type of season is a great way to start looking at that, uh, to begin to rewrite mm-hmm. how you communicate, how you speak, how you live. Yeah. Your, your, your radiance and your essence is, is a communicative, um, experience in itself. Yes. And the power of listening is very much in the North node in Gemini. So the invitation, uh, whatever's going to happen and unfold this spring moving forward into the summer and into the fall of, you know, the elections, uh, it's a lot of asking, listening and asking questions. And, um, and we, we, if, if we really look at what we do in our life, what we do is in perfect alignment with what we believe to be true. So if we consistently take certain actions that doesn't move us clearly in that direction, let's look at what do we believe to be true such that our actions is telling us that that's what you assume to be true, what you believe to be true. And if your belief is being a question tested challenge, then, then it it creates breakdown. Like people freak out, like people get angry, people get violent, people get, you know, uh, offended. It's not what you did, but really the belief that's behind the action. So the willingness to even, and also challenging our personal belief system is it's massive, right? It's, it, it creates very passionate conversation and dialogues. So we've got to be very highly conscious of what is this, where is this dialogue coming from? 
Yes. Uh, Nailed it. So there's, Nailed it. there's more different layers to peel off as we move into spring and summer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a way of us to step into our power, but not through, um, but through power with like a genuine, authentic, pure alignment. I think it's mm-hmm. like really stepping into that aligned power and that aligned action. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's much simpler for us to talk about it. <laughs> I totally agree. And yeah. I'm sure some people are like, well, where do I start? You know, and I think it's also um, in the, the Gemini, Sag, a polarity. <clears throat> I think what would be powerful is that people start learning to take in feedback. And learning so that's how that's a to- huge, that's a huge check in with your ego. Yes, it's a huge check. And also that we're not taking the feedback personally. And it's very much like I've been talking a lot about the four, the book, The Four Agreements um, Mm. from Miguel Ruiz is that, you know, one of the agreements is don't take things personally and, um, and, and also not assume because when we assume it's because we operate from like a preconceived notion of what is true and it's fixed as opposed to, Hey, wh- wh- why would you say like, why did you say that? Because that made me feel blah, blah, blah this way. So mm-hmm. how can we change things up? And that's a very highly conscious level of like talking, but you know, eventually but we're, we're increasing, there. we're increasing with those sensitivities <laughs> And, uh, I think the more that we give ourselves permission to love ourselves and to honor ourselves and to respect ourselves and our boundaries, which are things that we've really had to mm-hmm. teach ourselves. Cause these were things that were mm-hmm. not taught. I think that's going to also create a ripple effect, yep. um, to our reality and the world and humanity at large. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially with the Chiron in, in Aries for like a whole year now, it continues to be in there. So, um, absolutely the discovery of our, of of the wound of who, who am I Mm -hmm. really to come to acknowledging, um, I am who I am as, as I am not who other people expect me to be that, um, Mm -hmm. And that's not unique to spring, but certainly it continues, right? So especially yeah. we're coming up on um, Aries season during springtime. So the sun moving into Aries will come to a conjunction really close to Chiron in Aries for at least a whole week, at least the first week of Aries of spring. So <clears throat> being in our... Uh, in our own little cocoon of asking, well, who am I? Why am I here? What's my, what's my purpose? Because Aries is, it's like the soldier that has trained to go to battle because they're just, that's just who they are. And, but for us is, well, who am I such that the things that I'm creating every day, is that truly me or am I doing it because I've been told or am I doing this because, well, that's kind of what I, I, I feel that pressure, but where was that pressure come from? I don't know. Right. So it's the awareness of self. 
We nailed it. Yeah. And I, I, I just think it's going to be a really powerful time with this 2020 crystal vision and all of these like very, very interesting transitions and aspects and, um, you know, evolutionary change. This is what it's kind of really, it's brought us to this moment without a doubt, mm -hmm. perfect alignment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, also with the Mars on the South node, there's a lot of emptying out of old stuff. So this is prime time, springtime, literally spring cleaning came a little bit early. And as we enter spring, it will continue Mars being in Capricorn alongside the Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn. So there's a lot of taking action. It, it will come sometimes where there's going to be some aggressive aggressiveness because Mars is very masculine energy and connecting to Jupiter. That's going to magnify that aggression or that uh, action directness and that action. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, once you, you're clear on your vision and you are committed and that's the beauty of Saturn is that it is commitment, um, then go for it but then also be mindful and thank God for this Uranus, um, not Uranus, but the Aquarius Saturn moving into Aquarius that will at some point balance out. Okay. Is this for the good of, of the, um, of the, of the mass of the public? Yeah. I just think, I think it's a very wild time right now. And, um, to, Aquarius, Aquarian age. It's a lot about community. And I think as we continue to step into this, it's important to reach out, to ask for that help, to listen, um, to, to connect with people who've gone through where you've once been. I think mm -hmm. that's a lot of what we also need to really implement right now. Yeah. And something else is coming up for me that I really think that it's so important. And I really wanted to just speak that into the universe because I really want this to be, um, in existence is that one thing about Aquarius energy is that because it is a representation of the mass of the community and of friendship. And oftentimes when you think about friendship is because we come together because we have shared commonalities that brought us together. It's beautiful because you can find your tribe and, connect with people of like-minded people because then you don't feel so much like a um, an outsider or an outcast. However, the danger is at some point there's a fine line between finding my own people to um, groupthink. So when we get to groupthink is everybody thinks the same thing and then we're just all like sheeps. And mm -hmm. we just kind of move like sheep. So we've just got to be in the I'm, I'm in the the Gemini North Node can help with the curiosity of starting to ask question and having dialogues instead of just accepting everything to be just the truth. And mm -hmm. oh well, because we've done this, and because this is what everyone thinks, then I'm just going to go along with it. 
Yeah, I see it as a time to really step into your sovereignty and to to be aware. I think that like being a Gemini here, like myself, I'm I can definitely see I can have one foot understanding collectively and then one foot being um introverted and extroverted. Um, and from that, I very see a lot of hawk energy with the air sign of being more observant of that and then paving my own path and speaking that truth um, unapologetically. I think that's, it's a very rebellious, like we're chiseling away, you know, from a lot of, like you said, the group thing of what everyone else is telling what needs to be to find that diamond that is us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel a lot with Gemini. Yeah. So I think um, overall, both Aries, Taurus and Geminis, all these spring babies, you guys are all coming up on a lot of major shift and change all in different ways. Right. The Aries is coming up against Chiron and Aries. And then all my Taurus people are like coming up on Uranus and Taurus. So there's a lot of re re. Um, reinvention like all the mm-hmm. tourist people going through some i was hearing like redeveloping yeah reinventing mm-hmm. itself redefining itself um so that is changing and then gemini people you guys gonna have north node and gemini coming up by the time it's your birthday so for sure hallelujah <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause especially like my, uh, my Venus and my Mars are cancer and my Chiron's conjunct my Venus. So it's been a pretty gnarly ride for me the past couple of years, just like really going through and you're talking about that North node and cancer and my Saturn return. It's, it was a really, really challenging and they're opposing of each other, uh, too. Yeah. They're pretty much right, like right across from each other too. So yeah, I'm definitely, um, stepping more into that and seeing that. And, um, I just think, I don't know, I feel like this spring I'll be in fall for a little bit, but, um, and even the fall, if you're listening in the Southern hemisphere, like fall season is a lot of leaves falling as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that while it's spring cleaning, it's also the purging of fall, um, in that sense as well. Yeah. Fall has, hmm, fall has such a different energy. And yeah, things are dying off, uh, but it's, but it's also harvest. I think like all the, all the hard, (laughs) yeah, all the hard work is starting to to come through. Yeah, to come Mm -hmm. through. Um, There's still, because of so many, so many planetary shifts for people living in the fall season, I think, yeah, there's a culmination, a, a, a harvesting but then there's going to be a period of sifting through, right? Like you have all these leaves and then now you want to pick some of these beautiful leaves that you want to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of the the inspired action though, too, is like really reassessing and like working through and seeing through and from that space, like what is actually in alignment with the vision that I have coming through and the drive that I have to be that revolutionary change in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And after Mars uh, is leaving Capricorn, it is moving into Aquarius for the other half of spring, so Mars and Aquarius is very calculated action, objective action, um, ac- 
action to, for the goodness of people. I love that. It's like the second half. It's like, especially because summer season too, it can be a little more play. So if you have that action and you set up your systems and your flow, then you can have the springtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, the summertime to really play and enjoy because you've done a lot of the hard work during that time. So. Yeah. Oh, and Venus is going retrograde during springtime. So that's, when is Venus moving into retrograde? Uh, Venus is going retrograde May 12th. So May 10th, May 12th, that whole pocket right there is going to be a big, yeah, big shifts. Yeah. And Venus is retrograding for usually 40 days. So until... So a six-week period, which is a great time for you all to do a 40-day sadhana during that time. Because if you do something every day for 40 days, you can start to shift your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So I would really consider you all to do a 40-day sadhana during that time. And if you all want to do one together, we can totally do that too. Yeah, and Venus is retrograding in Gemini. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of shifts coming through. And again, I think the big thing is knowing that it can be really intense on our nervous system because there's a lot of fear and a lot of um, trusting. But we have to learn to trust ourselves first. And so that's why the more we do this deep inner work, the more we heal, the more we um, honor our boundaries and learn to say no and to speak and stand our truth. I think that's what a lot um, of what's being brought to the table right now. Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the willingness to talk and share is where the healing and the awareness and the learning comes from and having the Venus retrograding in Gemini can really support that. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing because all of this is perfectly aligned with how I set up thrive. So everyone right now is that during that time is when they're going to be really, stepping into their journey and their story and how do we create these offerings and these programs that support uh, the experience and the wisdom that you've learned over these times. And that's a huge thing that I teach is the importance of aligning your business with this planetary, these shifts in this energy so that we can use it as a tool Mm -hmm. and work with us, not against us. And again, it's a, it's a time for us to reclaim our power and Mm -hmm. to understand that it affects all of us universally different ways. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. of where it is compared to our own natal, but it's still an energy that is, is, is impacting all of us. Yeah. It's a shared energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, well, you know, you're going through your stuff and it doesn't affect me because I'm here doing my thing. There is, cause it's a ripple. It's kind of like how we're all connected by a six degree separation. We're not too far off of each other, you know? Definitely. Definitely. So are there any other things we should be aware of with this spring or have we nailed? Um, yeah, it's the eclipse season doesn't really start until I mean, some summer, I mean, it's before summer, it's June. We're going to have mm-hmm. a lunar eclipse in early June. So, uh, you know, right into Gemini season. So it's right before summer. Uh, we have a lunar eclipse in Sag. So for those who are 
you know, Sagittarius and Gemini, there's shift an energetic shift again, more energetic shift in early June. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a lot of stuff happening in April, May are the ones that I talked about. And, uh, early June is that lunar eclipse. And then just short of the summer solstice, uh, I mean, summer, you're going to have another, probably another astrologer coming in to talk about summer. But so, I'm, so I'm not going to say anything so that everybody gets tuned in. <laughs> the suspense <laughs> is killing us. <laughs> One season at a time. Yeah, summer is going to be very massive. Like it's going to, it's almost like it's going to come in with this, this big explosion. Yeah. So I just think right now to prepare for that, just continue to honor yourself, continue to do the deep internal work, continue to work with your soul squad, connect with your community and remember that we don't have to do this alone. I think that's the big thing we have to understand. This is not about the lone wolf days are over and what we've endured. There's a purpose to it. So I just want to wrap up by asking a quick lightning round questions. Thank you for all your knowledge. We mean, this has been so awesome. I was so, I'm so excited. You've been sharing all your wisdom and all your juju, but I want to know what does sovereignty mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, ownership. Mm. What would you say was the one book that revolutionized your life? Oh my gosh. There's so many, but I'm just going to share the latest. Mm-hmm. I've been on a like audiobook rampage this whole year or in last year too. Um, but the latest book that I just finished a few days ago is called Invested by Daniel Town and also co-authored with her father, Phil Town. It's amazing for those who are at that point in their life to want to to have full control of their own finances and learning how to invest without um, relying on a broker. And so so it's like deep education on participating in the economy by knowing how to invest and how to evaluate companies that you actually want to invest in because there you feel like they're doing good. Wow. Powerful. Yes. This is how we start to, to change the dialogue and heal our relationship with money, Mm -hmm. not just individually, but as a country and as a global economy too. I love that. What would you say to younger Mimi? So this is actually, it goes deep. Um, and I wish I had known to not let my mother dictate what I can and can't do and let her stop. I mean, it was me letting myself stop myself. And Mm -hmm. I wish I just didn't stop myself. So what would you tell her? Like, don't stop yourself from doing, getting what you want. (laughs) Yes. And here she is doing it now. She's owning that. Yeah. And where can we find more of you, learn more about your medicine and your great knowledge? Yes. You can find me on my website and on Instagram. They're both at exalted, I-G-Z-O-L-T-E-D. Amazing. And what, what, what last little nugget of wisdom do you want to share with whoever's listening? I mean, you're so right about acceptance. I, I, through all the coaching that I've done to, uh, with a lot of my clients, what I've noticed is that it's so difficult for people to accept themselves. And until we can accept who we are, 
we can't move forward. We're stuck and we're going in circle. So that is the wisdom is if you're going to work on anything, work on fully accepting yourself the way you are with your own imperfection and embrace them. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone this spring fought a uh, fall, a uh, fall, I'm listening, <laughs> fall, autumn season. Just remember that this is a very powerful time. And uh, this is part of the conscious revolutionary change that we are all partaking in. And it's why we all chose to come here during this wild time in human history. And we're all supported. We can help one another go through this together. And uh, Mimi's here. I'm here. There's so many other people that have your back. And just remember to ask for help and to share what you're going through and, and allow yourself to listen for other people too. I think this is how we start to bring in more compassion and more humanity. Um, it starts by first with our, ourselves and then our inner circles and then out into the world. So, uh, thank you again, Mimi, for being here. And I'm really excited to see how, uh, this whole season really flows and aligns and just what we use, what we do with this power to really be the change we wish to see. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.